You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we deeply dive into the shows and films that we see. This week, we are exploring Maestro, the 2023 film that chronicles the lifelong relationship between Leonard Bernstein and Felicia Montalegre Cohn Bernstein. Want to know our thoughts on this towering and fearless love story? Join us for the next 30 minutes. I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. And I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. Let's dive into Maestro. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus half hour Before we get started, we always like to let our listeners know that there will be spoilers in our discussion about this film in the episode. So if you want to go see the film first, that's okay. You can go check it out and then come back and listen to the episode. Today, we're here to dissect the emotional epic that is Maestro, a film that not only explores the intense love story between Leonard Bernstein and Felicia Montalegre Colm Bernstein, but also delves into the intricate dynamics of family, love, and impact of art on all our lives. The film is directed and written by Bradley Cooper and stars Bradley Cooper in the role of Bernstein as well. Just so you all know, this is this was playing in select theaters, and it is released on Netflix. So if anybody's wondering where they can go see this film, starting on December 20th and onward, it will, it will have been on Netflix. So you can go check it out there. Uh, we actually saw... But if it is in the theater, you should go well, check we it out Well, we saw it in, in the, the theaters. Theater. <laughs> we actually, it's not in every theater, but it's in select theaters. We did go see it. I really wanted to see this in a big, large house with a big screen, because I knew it was going to be an epic film, and I wanted to go there. So... Wow, uh, with this film. Blown away on yeah. so many levels. I just want to kind of start by talking a little bit about some plot and some thoughts. So let's kind of dive into that first. Okay. Do you want to go sure, first? Sure, I'll go first. I feel like I've, I always go I've first. I've always so. been really, okay. I've really been, I'm, I've always been really impressed with Leonard Bernstein. Um, if you don't know, he was one of the greatest conductors and composers of music in America in the 20th century. Um, writing pieces like Candide, West Side Story, On the Town, countless symphony pieces, conducting all over the world, writing mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful masterpieces. He made his t- debut conducting Carnegie Hall in his 20s, I believe, uh, which is actually highlighted in this film. And so I always wanted a film about this man because I've always been, I've seen YouTube videos of him conducting pieces and he's in his own wonderful world conducting and moving orchestras and and he also has a very interesting personal life and i always said what a what a wonderful thing if we could get this on board so when bradley cooper does this and i'm like yes bradley cooper furthering your career as a writer and as a director and as a producer not just as an actor 
And when I find out that Leonard Bernstein's children are involved in bringing this story to life, and I see in countless interviews where Bradley is checking with the children and the children are working with Bradley and everything is being done as a team. And then I see mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese, I believe, are attached as producers on this and Netflix. And I'm just like, wow, like, yes, let's bring this man's life story to the front, to the, to, to the stage. This, this was amazing to me because I love, I live for the 20th century American music scene. I love the, the music of the, of that time, uh, what was going on in New York at the time in the fifties, the sixties, the seventies and how, and Carnegie Hall, Broadway, uh, film pieces, orchestras. And I, and I just live for it. I love it. I've always loved Leonard Bernstein as a conductor and a composer. He did both a lot. Some people only compose, some people only conduct. He really did both. And I think we learned so much. But oh, and before we go on to your thoughts on this, Jeff, I just want to say, I I'm sometimes so sick and tired of let's tell this whole person's life story in two hours. Let's tell the whole life from the minute they were born to the minute they died. And instead, this was like a lot of his life, yes, but we were highlighted pieces throughout his life, personally and professionally. And what Bradley did really yeah. well here is we learned of moments, moments in the woods, as we say it into the woods, right? Moments <laughs> of personal wonder. Moments of personal yeah. drama and sadness, wonder, wonderful moments in career. And we were highlighted that to the end and we were moved along in a piece that moved us. And I just was blown away by this. I, I will, I will be seeing it again. I don't know. I, I just need to see it again because I, I was, there's so many yeah. things going on, but overall loved, loved, loved this film. Yeah. He's not lying y'all. He has a little bit of an old soul <laughs> inside of him. Correct. <laughs> but. I do think what I really enjoyed about this film and overall plot on here is something that we talk about all the time because we did not have a timeline type film here. This was done more on the love story between him and Felicia Montalegre. So, and I almost even feel like the plot here more was from Felicia's point of view on how this relationship was with Leonard and Carrie Mulligan plays Felicia Montalegre. So. Brilliant. Like she's brilliant. She's all, just as much in this as Bradley is like there is, this is not the, yeah. like the wife that appears in a few scenes and calls it a day. She is so, so equally important in this piece. And then Carrie Mulligan, like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. yes. So when you see something like this and you see this direction by Bradley Cooper and you see the cinematography by Mad Theo and they bring this filmic piece to life here and it's it's not really like anything we're seeing, I feel like, in the movie space or like we've seen films like this before, but I'm saying like now everything is so CGI and so over the top and this really brings it back to period it takes you on a journey it starts in black and white and moves into color that so and and i kept i remember watching and saying when do we turn to color because we know color is coming and it's kind of interesting how it mimicked his life and when his life came into color right if we're going to kind of go with a theatrical but it also kind of mirrored and mimicked when like if you really think about it jeff most people at that time, maybe were, if they even had a TV in their home, was watching something in black and white. 
And then when we yeah. progressed later in life into the 70s and onward and color television was coming in, that's when we transitioned into color. So it was almost smart as an audience for us to say, oh, we're going to watch his youth from the black and white lens because most people maybe were actually literally only seeing and hearing of Leonard Bernstein in a black and white TV or in a black and white newspaper. That's how people maybe were yeah. hearing of Leonard Bernstein until he got so big and then the color came in. Yes, yes, yes. That was one of my favorite parts of this whole thing was the black and white. And what do you feel like the, th what were your thoughts on the progression of the film overall? And what were some standout scenes for you in this? So, so standout things, the cinematography is brilliant. Yeah. When you just leave a camera rolling and you just let a scene play out. Listen, I'm not a film expert, but I know enough when I see cut to this, cut to that, cut to this, cut to, and now we're her face. This, and in an argument scene, when it's her face, hid face, we're her. It's too much. When they're arguing at Thanksgiving, it is one of the, my favorite scenes. And they're like, Snoopy's here, Snoopy. And, and I, I didn't really understand when he walked into the apartment, why he was obsessed with the Snoopy doll. I'm like, this is weird. And then when they have the whole argument and the camera is just there. And we're not zooming in and we're not panning across the room. We're just watching as if, if, if I stood in the corner of the room and watched Leonard Bernstein and his wife had an argument, that's literally what that was. And I was blown away by it. And at the very end, this huge Snoopy Macy's Thanksgiving Day balloon goes by. I literally got chills. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so bring that Snoopy motif in. Like the whole thing was brilliant. That was a brilliant scene. And their argument, and she has a line, something like, oh, if you, she, she really says something to him right before that Snoopy comes in. It's something like, if you treated your art and your family the same or something like that, like you, who do you think you are acting like? Something like that. And then the Snoopy just <laughs> raises by the background. I'm like, oh, it was a chill moment for me. Right, because there were so many things that just like represented something. So Snoopy represented family togetherness and you're watching that Snoopy go by. That's the family passing by in a way. There's so many great moments in that. And like to give people more context here, it's, you know, a lot of this film is about the relationship between Felicia and Leonard, but also Leonard's lovers. So And we saw... In the very beginning, when we don't really quite know yet what's going on, he gets the phone call that he's going to go on and conduct a Carnegie Hall. And right away at the beginning, we're in black and white, the shades are pulled, and we see some a little bit of exposed nudity there because he's getting out of the bed, and there's a man in the bed. We're, Played by Matt Bomer. By Matt Bomer. We're instantly <laughs> brought to, oh my gosh, we're, we're starting with his bisexuality right now. Yeah. This is not something that we're going to introduce an hour in. It was like almost like Bradley and, and Leonard's kids were like, this was such a part of his life. Bring this into all aspects of the film. Because then we see him in Matt Bomer and we see him in the bed with him. And like, okay. And then later we're like, and then he has this classic, like old school Hollywood love of falling in love with his wife, Felicia. And they have that moment when they go to the theater and they're in the theater alone and it's black and white. And it's like, this is Hollywood. Oh, it's golden age. It's just golden age. Like, it's a wonderful life-esque falling in love 40s moment kind. And then we see that. And then we see their whole life transition through stellar makeup, wig, costume design, by the way, throughout the life is brilliant. And how we see uh, Bradley and Carrie's physical transformations through these ages. But 
the beginning. That was a moment with, with the phone call. Oh, and then the cinematography of him running like as if he's running through Carnegie Hall and running through the stage and he like leaps and it's very cinematic and like, and then he runs to the stage and he walks onto stage to conduct a Carnegie Hall. And like that whole beginning was brilliant. It was brilliant. I think there's like, we could talk about so many. So many, so many. Uh, it's like, you know, but I do want to go into the direction and Bradley's performance a little bit and just talk about his overall portrayal of Leonard. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Did it hit the mark for you? The vocal was perfect. The physicality was perfect. Uh, He took many conducting lessons from famous conductors to get the conducting right. He was really conducting. He was sweating when he needed to sweat. He was laughing and smiling when he needed to do that. He was showing how wonderful and how dynamic Leonard Bernstein was. He loved his wife. He loved his children. He had this bisexual life too, which seems like his wife was okay with it or knew of it at the very least and maybe wasn't okay with it at times. And they showed that when he's having that moment with Gideon Glick's character in the hallway, uh, assuming something did happen or was going to happen with him. And then there's, there's Felicia. Right there. Oh, and I, you, did you not feel emotions of all three of those people in that moment? You understood exactly what she was feeling. You understood exactly what Bradley was feeling. And you understood exactly what Kitty was feeling in that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I'm in the audience like, this is, this is happening right now. uh, Like, that was a moment. But I love what I love here in the writing, though, is that I love a little bit of like, secretness or like you know it's implied but you don't know Mm. so and if we're looking at this from the point of view of felicia through most of the film she would never know if it happened and we she thinks it happened but she would never know so i i love that they didn't beat you over the head with like showing him doing things it was only stuff that was ever seen that was shown. And so, you know, we... it was seen that he was going somewhere with Gideon Glick, but it was never seen him actually in the, unless, you know, maybe they're kissing in a hallway or something like that. So then when they come back, you're like, oh, okay, well, what did they just And that's do? up to and and you want to know, but, but you'll never know. And it's up for us to. What is my theme lately here on this podcast? Trust your audience. Don't tell yeah. me that Bradley Cooper didn't trust us with 
did we need a scene that was like, Felicia, I'm bisexual. Okay, well, they're going to give the rules. If you want to hook up with someone, there was none of that. We didn't need that. And it, whether they had that conversation or not was a personal conversation that it's almost right. like that was left to the real Leonard Bernstein and Felicia to then have and let that not have to exist in a film. But at the same time, it was also clear that we couldn't just ignore that that was a part of his life that he was struggling with. And here's what really, really meant a lot to me. Because I actually knew this about Leonard Bernstein before the film. When his wife was sick and he was really exploring, he was quite separated from his wife, but exploring another part of his life. He was there for his wife at every millisecond of the end of her life. And he put a pause yeah. on everything that he needed to put a pause on at the very end. And there were two other moments. There, I could talk about a million other moments, but the two other moments were. But wait. Yeah. I, I okay, go. I love that this film was not there to expose him in any Correct. way. This was not used to do that. And I do, I, like, I read a couple of things. Some people are like, eh, it wasn't that good. I totally disagree. I agree. With I, 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 I disagree. So many great moments people are like oh if you know leonard then like this film is nothing new but i think there's a ton of people i know nothing about him other than what i know from like the theater world in like what he's created but other than that i knew nothing about him if you said you tell me something about letter and bernstein before i saw this film i would have said i don't know anything mm-hmm. <laughs> i would that's just me but i feel like i left there and I feel like I don't hate him. I feel like I appreciate him. I really like a lot of what he did. And what I really also love is that who he loved and who he was there for was so important to him. And whether he, you know, had all of these love affairs and whatnot, he still loved her. He loved her as a friend. He loved her as a wife. He loved her. The mother of his children. It's- yeah, in so many different ways, their children. Their children, yeah, and, correct, right, right. <laughs> and for that, when you're bringing up like he spent his final days with like, her, final days all together as a family, that just takes so much. And he put his career on hold. He put his life on hold for her, which is what you're supposed to do. So for that, it, it was great. And I loved how in so many performances, he walked off stage and she was there. And then when they were having difficulties, what, you know, the, the, the epic law, lo- I thank you for leaving a full symphony piece in a film and not cutting it down to 30 seconds when they're singing the Candide piece with the choir. That was only a little part. I think they were singing make our garden grow. I believe, which like literally makes me cry every single time I hear that song. Cause Candide is like brilliant and the overturned Candide and make our garden grow. Anyway, talk about Candide in a whole nother episode, but <laughs> they show bits of moments when he's conducting. And then they get to the London Symphony Orchestra, Mahler's Resurrection Symphony. And he's in the cathedral, which Leonard Bernstein really did, I believe, it was 1973. And if you yeah, look at, yeah, and if you look at Leonard Bernstein conducting that, he's dripping in sweat. He it is Mahler, for those of you who don't understand or know maybe know classical music. Mahler is Mahler. Mahler. Like and one for, and one for Mahler, who can name what show that's from. All you uh, Sondheim fans out there from ladies eat lunch but Mahler's symphony so he's conducting and we're watching and i'm you know i i I work in music education and i conduct and i see conducting patterns and styles and i see correct things happening and i see orchestrations playing and he finishes and i'm like wow he lives for his art he lives with his art he is almost married to his art in a way and then he walks off stage and there's carrie there's felicia and he, and he hugs her and kisses her and they're like crying. And he's like, you came, you came, you're here. And she's like, I'm here. 
I was like starting to tear up. I was like, oh my gosh. Because that was the moment when I realized the two strongest loves of his life was the Mahler Symphony conducting and then his wife there together. It was like the marriage of, those were the two most important things in his life other than his children. It was like brilliant, right? Beautiful. And then the other moment being when she's dying and she's in bed and he's holding her and we see the camera on her face and she's just staring at what we, once again, you didn't have to beat me over the head with it. We think she had died in that moment. The filmmakers are leading us to believe that in that moment, whether it really happened or not, that she dies there in that moment. And then the next camera shoots to just us looking out the window from her perspective. And it's almost like whether she's still living or she's not, she's looking out the window and, and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to make me cry just even talking about it because I started tearing up watching this. You see him go out to his children and what we think is him telling them that she just died upstairs and that he hugs his daughter. Oh, that's what I felt like. Yes. Happened. And he hugs his children and there's no dial. We don't need, hey, kids, mom just died upstairs. We don't need that. And we're just yeah. looking at what is unfortunately a very sad life moment that we all as humans have to go through telling someone someone died or being told that someone has died. And hugging his child, who's played by Maya Hawk as Jamie Bernstein, who those of you may re recognize from Stranger Things. Like, yes, Maya Hawk. Like, you were so good in that. I love her in Stranger Things, and I loved her even more in this, growing as a performer. And so that growing. moment, I was like, oh my God, he's going to tell his children that she just died. And all we need is a camera sitting there rolling from her, from her bed. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, I could I'm talk gonna, about this for I'm hours. Of course. I. Let's just yeah. say what it is. Like Matthew Labatique's cinematography is brilliant. Top brilliant. notch. I, I think he did Black Swan, the... and I think Black Swan is brilliant too. And I'm pretty sure he was on that too. Yeah. Right. And I would love, love, love to see him in more of the movie musical space so that we're not getting these cheesy directed movie musicals anymore yep. that I can't stand. Yep. Anyway, going on to that, uh, I want to talk about a different filmic yeah. cinematography yeah. moment in here that also had a window scene. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's jump back into things. This is where I love the kind of decision that you had to make on like whose point of view is this film really from and seeing so much of this more from Felicia Montalegre's point of view and 
him giving us that opportunity to see it from her point of view because there's a moment when they're in their summer home and she's looking out the window but you don't look at her looking out the window it's bird's eye view point of view and he's rolling up with his lover who's played by Gideon Glick and bringing him there and how fuming it's almost you could tell from the camera angle that she's fuming inside Mm. that this that her husband is bringing his lover there and is like hanging out with the kids who is he's like basically the same age yeah, as almost. Maya Hawk, who is the daughter. And you're like, whoa, that's some great vision. But I just have to put that out there. And I also like, you know, we've already talked about Carrie. We talked about Bradley, Maya Hawk. I w- I'm going to say something. Sarah Silverman. Amazing. She was like all Amazing. over this film. I thought she was going to be like one scene. And she plays Leonard's sister. And I love when she's laying in the park with the cigarette and she's like, if anyone knows my brother, you know, my brother. And she's just there and and Carrie's like listening. Yes. I was not expecting that at all from her because, you know, she's a comedian and she's, you know, she has her raunchy mouth. and No, but she was amazing in this. She looked so. And then this, I was like, I would never have known that was even her. And she really plays Mm. the part. I mean, it's Sarah, so it's great, but. Uh, there's another thing that you just set up. Doesn't this film make you want to smoke a cigarette? Oh my god, they're all smoking the whole time, and I'm like, oh my god, I could not believe. Not like, the... I would love to know. Like, was it really like that? And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And then there's also it's this the smoking, smoking. And smoking, speaking of Sarah, it's, it's Sarah and Carrie in the tea scene, right? When they're sitting later in life and they're having tea together, and they're just the cameras yeah. just on Carrie the whole time. And we're just seeing every, as if you were sitting at tea with her, talking to her about, oh, are you going to get, don't they ask, like, aren't you going to get another lover or something or something like that? They were going to ask. Well, she's talking about it because she's like, and then, you know, they have their whole moment of, well, I thought I was going on a date and, you know, I end up finding out that he's gay too. So clearly I have a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we just watched her face the whole time. We didn't need the cutting back and forth, you know? No, you didn't. But, you know, it was really done well in that, too, where, like, Sarah's, like, basically telling her, like, you knew what you were getting yourself into with my brother. So, like. And and, and let's go a little bit here into just experiencing this in the theater and hearing some of these scores. And if you're watching it on Netflix at home, make sure you have a good sound system. There's some beautiful, wonderful musical moments. I also really love the cinematic theatrical moment of when they're doing on the town on the stage. And they become the sailors dancing on stage and they're making the whole piece come alive. That was so theatrical because Leonard Bernstein had such a musical theater credential history, you know? It is, it is reminding me of something that I, that that's reminding me something that I wanted to bring up in this conversation. Uh, In terms of overall experience, we saw this in like an old art house. Mm. So it was super cool. You go in, it's old, it's fun. And, you know, you go into the theater and you're like, oh, wow, you know, we're in 1975 again. Mm. And it's like super cool. Um, Just hearing that on the, the speakers there, the screen, there's nothing like going to the movies. And this is a film that's meant to be seen in the movies. I know. You know, if you have a big flat screen at home, you want to watch something like that, but it's not going to be the same. That being that, loved it in the theater. I I did want to bring up. Um, hold on, let me think about it. So yes, I'll go. Sure, sure. But I I mean, in in general, hearing all these scores and all this music is so impactful, no matter what we were seeing. And and when we just talk about the theater community in general and Bernstein's legacy, I think what's really important to remember is. Bernstein ran educational children's programs too. Like he did, he taught, he taught children 
Uh, I think it was on television too. And people listening might know what I'm talking about. I believe it was the seventies, maybe even the sixties. He taught children like this is an orchestra. This is a violin. This is the woodwind. So he taught children as music education was really growing in public schools in the mid 20th century. He was educating the youth about conducting, about orchestral pieces, because I think as pop music of the time was coming in with uh, rock bands and disco, which is great, it was important to keep the symphony alive. There is a reason why we still hear West Side Story. There's a reason why we still hear orchestral pieces in Carnegie Hall written by and conducted by Leonard Bernstein. His legacy lives on. We've quite literally and figuratively passed that baton on to new symphonies and conductors and children. We, I, I was taught in my K through 12 music education, as well as in my collegiate education about Leonard Bernstein. He was a big part of, he was an, an idol figure to me because I think he impacted the industry so much in so many ways. And we continue to perform his pieces uh, because of his impact on modern or somewhat modern 20th century American music and even international music as well. Really impactful stuff. Yeah, which is something that I love about this because I feel like we got a taste of that when you see him teaching that. What I also did want to say is that what I did love about this, I remember what I was going to say. I loved that it wasn't about him and how he created things. It was more about the performance of the things that he created. So I loved, you know, everyone was like, oh, did they show him, you know, creating West Side Story or like Candide or like, anything? Not really. We never, got, we never got any of moments, that. But that's but, okay. But they pulled in moments from West Side Story and Candide in a certain way. And do you remember that scene? I was just talking about it earlier where she's looking out the window. What's playing in the background? Do you remember? I don't think I do. They're playing the score. Of oh, yes, story. yes, yes. So it's and almost like that was his the other film br- moments, that was... his, his music came into his personal life in highlighted moments. Yes. What, was, uh, what were they playing? The Overture or? They might, or the, uh, they, the Jets and Sharks fights. Oh, beginning, I think. Yeah, the, maybe it was the Overture. The beginning, yeah. when you're meeting the two yeah. gangs. So... She's standing out the window. He's coming home. The kids are playing. It's like certain things are happening. And I said, that's brilliant. Yeah. Literally brilliant. Yeah. Yep. You know. And at the very, very end, when we see late, much later in life, his wife has passed on and he's teaching a young conductor and he's dancing at the club. That's just a different side to him to show did he necessarily die when his wife did? No, he continued moving on with his life for a few more years he yeah. lived, but he cont- continued to conduct, to teach the youth, to then still live out this other bisexual part of his life. It ended in a way that was brilliant, but from when it started to when it ended, I mean, I just felt like I was brought in through this life journey without having to say, why did we have to see his whole life? I didn't feel that. I felt like I saw everything that I needed to see, and yet I left there. And what did we do, Jeff? We talked about it. We talked about it. Because that's what I think audiences need to do in correct pieces is say, don't teach yep. me everything and, the, and beat me over the head with it, but also don't leave me confused. I didn't leave there being like, whoa, I don't know what I just watched. I left there being like, I get it. I get it. And maybe I don't get that. Let's talk about it. Okay, now I get it because I talked about it with someone, but now I don't get that, but I get that. That's <laughs> how I feel like right. good pieces should be. Um, yeah, brilliant, yeah, brilliant, totally. brilliant. And this will... Mark my words, it will get a ton of Academy Award nominations. It's already getting a lot of Golden Globes nominations, and it will win Academy Awards. It must. It has to win something. Bradley is acting, directing, and writing this book, all three pretty equally in my book. I don't think one real. They're all pretty fascinating. 
and would love to see what mm-hmm. he wins, if anything, uh, in the Academy Awards this year. So. Totally. Oh my gosh, uh, we're out of time. I could really keep talking about this for a whole other half an hour, but that's okay. We're gonna, just like that. And just like that. Thoughts? Uh, I'll go first. I'll get my quick one, two, three on the film. I highly recommend everyone going and seeing this film. I love what they did with the storyline of here. This is not your typical biopic style film. This is the love story at its best. And I think it's a great honor to Bernstein in a way because it brings a little bit of everything about him into a piece of theater. And I think that this leaves more as a legacy piece rather than just like, hey, we're going to tell you a timeline lifestyle film. So, uh, you know, bravo to Bradley, bravo to Carrie, bravo to everyone involved in this film. I highly recommend it. Same. It was brilliantly done. Bradley is really making moves as a writer, as a director, as an actor. He is growing from the hangover days to now. He's really grown. I'm just so impressed with everything he does. This piece is a brilliant tribute to Leonard Bernstein. I hope people learn about it. Bradley as an artist, but I also, we hope we learn about Leonard Bernstein and how important and impactful he was on music of the 20th century. Uh, and, and, and it's a film everyone needs to see. It's brilliant. And, and also I want to say one more thing. Thank you, Netflix, for not always just putting your films directly to Netflix and giving people the opportunity to see some of these big films. Usually it's this time of year when they're trying to get some Academy Award buzz, they throw them in select theaters and usually they're big films. And I really appreciate Netflix for doing that. So thank you, Netflix, for even if it's only select theaters, putting these films in select theaters and then also having mainstream access for many people in the world to see it on your platform. I like the hybrid of both. And I think that's really great that Netflix does that and puts pieces like this out. So thank you. So thank you that does wrap up our our discussion on today's episode we hope you enjoyed our deep dive into maestro the film yes don't forget we want to hear from you continue the conversation with us on instagram and tiktok at half hour podcast and let us know your thoughts on maestro and if you enjoyed our show please leave us a review your feedback helps us bring more theater to you and remember you can listen to past episodes and stay tuned for upcoming ones as well until next time i'm jeff and i'm richie saying ta-ta for now bye Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.